Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 222, How Alignment Angles Affect ADAS. ADAS meaning uh, Advanced Driver Assistance Systems. And, uh, of course, I've done a number of different podcasts in varying ways about that particular subject. But this one is going to be talking about uh, alignment angles and how important they are and when it, someone's doing an alignment on your car, if it has ADAS, um, that there's a lot of things that need to be taken into consideration when you're doing an alignment and how that affects ADAS. So... This is a rather lengthy article. I'm guessing it could be, oh, I don't know, 12, 15, 20 minutes. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. It's quite a few pages. So if you're into this uh, or you're curious about this particular subject, why uh, put on your seatbelt because it's it's going to be interesting and a lot of stuff to go on. So uh, this is from, a, I'm going to be reading from a trade magazine. It's a, a, a article called or a publication called Vehicle Pros. There's no stated author, so I can't give credit to anybody in particular. And um, sorry, but that's just the way it goes on this one. So anyway, um, let's get started. How alignment angles affect ADAS. Just one degree of misalignment can cause the average-sized vehicle with lane departure warming, warning to leave its lane within 180 feet. The n- numeral is 1. From a prime number to how many times zones are in China, the single digit rules a lot of territory. And in the automotive world, the figure is exceptionally important when it comes to vehicles equipped with advanced driver assistance systems, or ADAS. More than one degree out of an engineered range can cause a vehicle with lane departure warning, or what's known as LDW, to track one foot or more to the left or right in approximately 60 feet. That's roughly two-thirds the length of the average size single-family home parcel. Programmed into the application, the sensor fusion application is looking farther down the road. The average size six-foot-wide car will be out of its lane within 180 feet, and there is even less roadway for its wider-body cousin, the pickup or full-size van. Why just one degree is so critical? Why is the magic number one degree? Its base is a combination of pre-launch design, ease of coding update structure, and supplier contribution, all based loosely on how we view the road ahead, straight down the center line of the hood. It's how our vision of, excuse me, it's how our field of vision expands, peripheral vision, the farther we look down the road. Engineers don't want the sensor fusion to be bouncing all over the road, recognizing this and that, because like us, we may miss something important and run into it. From this concept, the manufacturer's infrastructures are learning more and more each time we put the vehicle into gear, captured over the air, or what's called OTA, communication between vehicle and company. Engineers and coders analyze the collected data, and then coding is updated and improved. The process starts all over again with the programming revised, more data collected, and more ADAS calibration, recalibration, triangulization points altered. This process of collecting data and compartmentalizing and testing is called machine learning. As a loose example, it is analyzing the situation. If it's yes, go to step two, and no, go to step three. 
That information is recorded along with its unique set of circumstances. Eventually, there will be enough of this data for the modules to review and make their own decisions based on past events, or dare we call them experiences. But there are quadrillions plus points that need to be collected before a vehicle will be able to make up its own mind without human interaction. When that happens, most manufacturers say that level 5, full autom automotive autonomy, is achieved. The sensor fusion that makes up ADAS. The human element of keeping a vehicle within the lines and at a safe distance is slowly being taken over by a co-op of program modules, cameras, stereoscopic to quadroscopic to bioptic to stereoscopic and monovision, ESR, which is electronic scanning radar, CDAR, spectrum enhanced detection and ranging, and a host of proximity sensors with more modules to be introduced in the future. We know this conglomerate of sensor fusion by its more common nomenclature, ADAS. Meanwhile, there is a lot of information to be collected with one degree as the base, and it's so important that technicians abide by the manufacturer's program geometry rule. For example, Traveling through a neighborhood with a posted 25 mile per hour speed limit, a vehicle will travel 60 feet in 2 seconds. Within 6 seconds at that speed, the vehicle will be out of its lane and onto oncoming traffic or into the woods. Going 45 miles per hour in the city corridor, now we are trekking 60 feet in less than 1 second and leaving the lane in less than 4 seconds. For those with a hands-free driving option, more than 1 degree out of calibration could be fatal. All the time, the vehicle believes that it is centered in a lane because it is not plumb with the car or truck center line. Meanwhile, the time allowance appears to be enough for driver correction, right? Well, let's put it into more common perspective to, to which we all can relate. If the driver is preoccupied while in semi-autonomous mode and not watching to what is going on in, ahead in front of the bumper, within one second, the average adult completes an exhale. Within two seconds, the average adult inhales and say the words, oh, cruising past the second single-family house in the neighborhood. Within four seconds, a driver completes a no-stop right-hand turn out of lane at 45 miles per hour. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety has doubled down on what manufacturers have been telling us all along. Misaligned ADAS sensors and or cameras out of position by more than one degree will relay false positive data back to other connected modules. Subsequently, this inaccurate information will affect how ADAS sensors cameras see the road ahead. If components related to applications such as automotive emergency braking or adaptive cruise control is out of range, corrupt data will confuse manufacturer programming and most likely the outcome will result in an accident. ADAS module alignment is that important. It's not just about pushing buttons to center, adjusting the line of sight of ADAS components. We need a strong, accurate base on which these sensors and cameras ride. The vehicle steering gear and suspension, body recalibration. For those of you who had algebra in school and told your counselor that you would never ever use this advanced after you graduated, excuse me, advanced math after you graduated, you've been doing just that while correcting alignments on cars and trucks, plotting X, Y, and Z. And just like the triangulated calibration, recalibration of ADAS sensors to a designated position, so goes camber, caster, and tow in an alignment reset. A case study, a Dodge Charger with a brace of ADAS features. 
Today's subject vehicle, a 2019 Dodge Charger equipped with adaptive cruise control, blind spot sensor, park assist, rear view camera, park assist module, and forward facing camera module. The ACC is static calibration recalibration. The FFCM is dynamic. Those of you who have had the pleasure of aligning vehicles with four-wheel steer, the following steps do have significance toward your final goal as well, a properly aligned vehicle. There are a lot of boxes to check before we start turning wrenches. Most importantly, we need to validate the test equipment. Post scuff boards and camber caster hub gauges, we've been spoiled rotten with easy-to-calibrate software and targets. And, this ever, and in this ever-changing world, manufacturer's alignment specs can be amended to complement ADAS functionality. When you perform your daily tablet scanner updates over the air, make sure to include your aligner in the mix, as there can be changes to one of the angles which will be sent over to your aligner brand's headquarters for redistribution. The second, most of us get caught up in the rush of the shop and forget, is to check the vehicle's steering gear suspension, TSBs, and alignment numbers from either your shop management or the manufacturer's site. Now is the time to get in the habit of performing these basic tasks. As we get deeper into the vehicle autonomy levels, you will see these modifications more and more commonplace along with ADAS calibration, recalibration numbers as the science of driverless transportation moves forward. Check the equipment before the alignment. In most shops, the alignment rack is a specialty lift that is often used for other purposes when not occupied with an alignment service. I've been in thousands of shops through the years, and it was commonplace to see a medium-duty truck on the alignment lift that most likely exceeded the weight limit of the equipment. The excess stress on components can affect the level of the runways and support structure. These are items to be level-checked before the next alignment of any ADAS or non-ADAS-influenced car or truck. Another no-no I've observed, tires on the turntables. Most times I've seen them unlocked and the plate is pushed to its limit to one side or another. On newer systems, the plate metal bearings have been replaced with neoprene ball bearings. It's an easily damaged wearable item. Debris, the debris that gets between the plate and the base can exacerbate the poorly performing turntable. A common result of this is an issue is an off-centered steering wheel. The customer's complaint is of the vehicle pulling as the driver attempts to center the offset steering while going down the road, which is detrimental to ADAS-equipped cars and trucks. In the future, Check the platform to see if it can be easily moved with the slightest touch and in all quadrants. Periodically clean and replace plastic plate bearings as needed. So, we have the alignment, alignment software updated and have verified there were no alignment TSBs from the shop management system manufacturer site. The, the rack is level with properly operating turntables. It's time to set up our vehicle and align, or is it? Let's check out whether where the rubber meets the road and the rims that support them first. We've all been there and have seen the results of trying to help someone out by aligning a vehicle with mismatched tire treads to make a sale. It stops today when it comes to ADAS. Before setting up the car or truck, check the car or truck for bent rims, tread separation, or sidewall damage, all of which can all play a role regarding how well the vehicle will read off the targets. Remember, we are measuring specs within one hundredths of a degree. One item noted above may not make a difference initially, but when combined with the remaining steering gear, suspension, vehicle body placement adds to the equation. And don't forget to set the tire pressures per manufacturer specs in the shop management system or from the SCCL door jam sticker. What to know instead of set the toe and let it go. 
It's time to drive the Dodge up and centered on the runways. And just because this vehicle does not have a factory installed adjustments for caster camber, there are factory, most likely, aftermarket parts replacement, and shifting the cradle is an option. Dismiss the former mindset of set the toe and let it go. It does, just does not cut it anymore. Before hanging targets on the hubs, we are going to check for any ADAS or an alignment sensor issues via code representation. Be sure to print the pre-scan for documentation. Of course, if there are any alignment-related codes, those must be addressed before any angle corrections. Another step that is more and more skipped over, the shakedown front and back. Blame it on a time push from the front desk just to just forgetting to do so because you're out of practice, but we need to go back to verifying the stability of all steering gear and suspension parts along with a visual inspection of any bushing material, e.g. control arm bushings. Old school true wisdom was that it was common to allow a 1 8 inch movement in the ball joint. Times have changed and 1 8 is equivalent to 0.13 rounded 1 divided by 8 equals 0.125 which is equivalent to 0.03 degrees. A hundredth here, a tenth there. It all adds up. Always refer to the manufacturer specs regarding movement allowances. Ride height. Another forgotten and assumed good measurement. You are thinking camber, caster, toe, and three-dimensional point to triangulate. You need to remember that the vehicle itself is a three-dimensional component that influences our alignment outcome. Check body mount condition, couplers, and body damage that can success successively influence the alignment. The last thing before compensation is to take a moment and perform an old-fashioned diamond out-of-the-body angle. How many times have we seen the aftermath from a freshman tow truck driver who hooked up a vehicle via the rear trailing arm? Sometimes it's obvious, others not so much. That's when taking a few minutes and using a laser measure for old-school habits we use a tape measure to check wheelbase and choose an undercarriage point to find the intersecting point mid-vehicle. New vehicle or old vehicle, it doesn't matter. Stuff happens from the transporter to the new dealership. Snowbank mishaps in parking lots, potential customer driving and happens to get into a red light impact, the list goes on. Know what you are working with before setting X, Y, and Z. Compensating the angles. The software used to calculate camber, caster, and tow is very fickle. The first compensation the tech performed on the 2019 Dodge regurgitated numbers that would have, that would have the tire tread wiped and pulling very hard right. It's obvious in within these 20,000 miles tires that this is not the case. Common sense and proper training allow the technician to understand that he's been given bad data and recompensates to receive a more rational reading. Begin at the rear of the car. Let's dial the numbers back into spec starting at the rear of the car. While our camber is satisfactory, the toe is out of range. That's an easy, necessary fix, but more importantly, the thrust angle is significantly out of range. This is a big factor for a vehicle to dog track, or what our German automotive engineer cousins affectionately call Duxhound run. Duxhound run. <laughs> this critical correction cannot be ignored. For the tech aligning a unibody, they, must, they just about always have the option to shift the cradle, front or rear, of the unibody to correct misaligned camber or thrust that is a little beyond specs. If the unit is bent, the part can be replaced. Afterward, it's diamonded out for alignment accuracy. Even solid rear axles need to have the rear wheels compensated. It may not have adjustment points, but we can tell if the axle is shifted from mount points to front damage, frame damage, and it needs to be properly addressed before an alignment can be performed. 
Move to the front. Camber. I, was al I will always tell my students how to differentiate between negative and ca positive camber this way. You're at a car show. You are leaning in on the front fender of a participant vehicle. This is bad. The owner will yell and tell you to get off the car. A negative experience, negative camber. And if you are leaning away from the fender, then you won't suffer the repercussions of the show car owner. And this is a good, good experience, positive camber. The reason for these two options lies within the vehicle's suspension design. In the case of our test vehicle, the required negative camber complements the SLA design to hug corners with road force being applied to the geometry of the tire angle and not through the vehicle itself. But on other suspension designs, this slant could be detrimental. Other vehicles have, that have a McPherson strut or wishbone design may not have camber adjustment. This is to be addressed on a vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle basis. Some manufacturers require drilling out preformed points on strut mounts or where the strut meets the spindle to adjust suspension settings. For those that don't allow this angle to be addressed, in most cases the cradle can be moved, adjusting to factory specs. If that doesn't work and the vehicle is ADAST equipped, it's off to the body shop to check repair based off the vehicle's center line. And while we are mentioning it, don't forget to look at the SAIIA on the printout. The steering angle included, which is SAI, and included angle, or IA, reveal a lot of information regarding how the vehicle handles. The SAI influences how the steering reacts when the wheel is turned in one direction or another. SAI supports positive camber and therefore provides directional stability. It aids in the effort to return the steering wheel to zero upon a complete completion of a turn left or right. The IA is non-adjustable but loaded with info as its readings will change when the camber is changed. The key ingredient for both SAI IA is the left and right side have no significant value difference. That would indicate damage to a component. If so, which means a stopping point and further evaluation is needed to assess the extent of the issue. Caster. This is another important angle that is ignored by some techs because of the non-wearable mindset. This sweep is important as to how the steering wheel reacts to the roadbed, but don't do the old school method and manhandle the tire while conducting the caster sweep on command of the aligner. This will lead to an inaccurate evaluation of the angle. Standing, not sitting in the driver's seat next to the car or truck with the rack at floor level for safety, and turning the steering wheel to complete the compensation is essential to receive a correct measurement. The main reasons we have a positive caster on cars and light trucks is to assist the remaining geometry during cornering, cornering in high speed, steer ahead travel. And don't forget that preferred split is the right front wheel leading the left front by plus or minus 0.5 degrees to compensate for road crown drainage angle. Again, if no eccentric replacements, different degrees than factory installed are available, and shifting the cradle is another solution to get the vehicle into specs, as was the case with this Dodge's original caster's degree split, which was not the desirable recommended half degree to eliminate road slope pull. Now on to the final adjustable component, tow. This tracking geometry can either be positive or negative, depending upon the vehicle, year, make, and model. Positive tow points the front of the tire inward toward the vehicle center line where you have heard center line during and where have you heard center line during the ADAS calibration recalibration setup vehicles requiring a negative toe setting means the tires have a slight outward geometry 
Again, this format is based upon manufacturer design. And the toe setting has a lot to do with camber relationship. The association between the two settings is based on rolling resistance and tire wear. When a vehicle is turning a corner, camber and toe working together, camber and toe settings working together to decrease tire and rolling resistance and increase steering stability, all at the same time. Verifying our repair. Now we lock down the alignment adjustment and verify the straight steering wheel and SAS accuracy. For this 2019 Charger, where the pre-check and set was performed prior to adjustments per manufacturer, but we have all been there with the steering wheel holder shifted during the alignment process and our steering wheel, steering wheel may appear straight and drive straight, straight, but the delta angle is off a degree or two. I've seen this happen too many times. Remember, our ADAS-related components are looking at the SAS as well. On some vehicles, the SAS is the module that also monitors distracted, drowsy driving. Others use the SA input along with cameras that monitor eye movement for inattentive driving. And more frequently, fatigue is also being detected through steering wheel by measuring grip force. Recalibrating ADAS after the alignment. There are many manufacturers that require ADAS recalibration post-alignment. Check either the OEM site or the shop management system to verify the vehicle on which you just set camber, caster, and tow is not one of the many models requiring this step. Our final alignment specs have been printed and static ADAS post-alignment recalibrations have been performed per the factory requirements for this 2019 Dodge. It is time to verify our geometry changes on a test drive regarding handling by confirming a straight steering wheel. And this would be the opportunity to perform any dynamic ADAS post-alignment recalibration if required. Don't forget your post-scan report when you turn in other vehicle documents to the front desk for customer checkout. A question that I am often asked is, why do they, manufacturers, allow such a broad spectrum between acceptable and out-of-spec on vehicles if the numbers are so critical to ADAS function? The answer is it's a combination of interaction between the vehicle and outside elements beyond OEM control. Among the many examples here are a few to ponder. Entro entropy. entropy? Things sag as gravity overpowers centrifugal force over time, including steering gear, suspension, parts, body components, etc. Roadway. Potholes in service construction reconstruction are major components that tug on steering gear and suspension components connections over time. Human element, tapping curves, tire construction, wear deterioration, and accident damage. It is extremely important to verify a complete in-specification alignment before any ADAS calibration recalibration is performed. The flip side of this coin, the vehicle returned to your shop, only this time not as a paying customer. The technician is subject to an unpaid redo, the business word-of-mouth advertising is compromised, and you possibly lose a customer to another shop. And everyone, including the returning customer, has less disposable income based on time wasted on a repeat event. And it all circles back to taking one moment to verify the proper steps were taken when it comes to ADAS. Just one. Wow. A lot going on on that puppy, I'll tell you. Um... Personally, myself, being a one-man shop, I've, I've never, uh, and for that matter, by chance, the shops I've worked at in the past in my long career, we by chance just never had a, a, even a regular alignment machine. Nowadays, like that article talks about, with ADAS cars, I mean, it is going to get 
uh, very expensive to have cars aligned in the future. I mean, now, too, if your car has any kind of ADAS on it, lane change warning, uh, lane keep, um, you name it, okay, uh, the alignments on these cars are going to get much more difficult and way more expensive. And that's really kind of what that article, I mean, that's a long puppy right there. <laughs> And sure, technicians can get to where they can do all of that in a, you know, relatively short period of time. But obviously, to do uh, precise, accurate work and do it properly, it takes time and knowledge and experience. And, um, you know, you need someone who knows what the heck they're doing. And it's going to get more complicated in the future. So uh, I thought that even though it's a long-winded article, there's a lot of information there. And again, I hope you, as if you're just the, you know, if you're the driver and the owner of the car, that that gives you a little bit more of appreciation of what technicians have to know and what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis to fix your car. So, hopefully, you got something out of that, and uh, I appreciate you listening. Again, if you want to get a hold of me via uh, email, it's bkpodcast5 at email.com. Wait a minute, I'm sorry bkpodcast5 at gmail.com uh, or if you want to get a hold of me uh, or take a look and see what's going on in LinkedIn, I'm at Brad Kyle's Motor Works. So. Appreciate it. Uh, boy, I'm just tired even from reading that article, let alone <laughs> if I was doing that work. So, But anyway, I appreciate you listening. I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.